Well, hey, this is Can We Talk About This? I'm Libby. This is Tilly. This is Amelia. And this is episode three, y'all. Kingdom Authority. Um, and so in this podcast, we talk about things that I think we don't normally hear about in Christian circles. Maybe we don't talk about it at church. Uh, maybe our Christian friends don't sit around chatting about it. Um, but there are things that we think are important. Um, and so we're just going to have some conversation about it. If you're watching this on YouTube, we would love to see your comments um, and like have discussion outside of this recording yeah. with you guys. So when I started researching this topic, um, the first thing that really came to my mind is, you know, we're, we're talking about the authority that we have as children of the king. But if we don't discuss how we become children of the king, mm -hmm. then we don't really have a starting point. Yeah, that's good. Um, so... In the New Testament, it explains that we there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. And so I started researching in Galatians, um, Galatians 3, 11 through 14. Now it is clear that no one is justified, that is declared free of the guilt of sin and is its penalty and placed in right standing before God by the law. For the righteous, the just, the upright shall live by faith. But the law does not rest on or require faith that has nothing to do with it. But instead, the law says, he who practices them, the things prescribed by the law, shall live by them instead of faith. And then verse 13, Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone who hangs crucified on a tree or the cross, in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might also come to the Gentiles so that we would all receive the realization of the promises of the Holy Spirit through faith. Yeah. yeah, that's so, good. That is good. And talking about that, um, how we need to know how we become children. It first reminded me of, um, I don't remember exactly where it is, but the disciples um, went and cast a demon out of someone. And uh, before they had done that, there were other people trying to do the same, but they didn't have the authority because they weren't God's children. Right. like the disciples were and how um we do have to be children to have this authority when we have to commit ourselves to christ and be devoted to him and to his word to his teachings to be able to use his that is authority. luke 10 19 Thank through 20. You. listen carefully i have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was right after um, they brought that man yeah. to Jesus and That's Jesus good. cast him out. Yeah. When I was um, doing, you know, some digging on this topic and just reading different blogs and looking at videos and things that I found on the topic, um, I found a blog written by someone. I know I have some notes written in here about it. Um, it, it was talking about Matthew 10, 1, that says that Jesus um, gave the disciples authority to cast out demons, right? But the blog said that that authority was given to only the disciples. So the blog was making an argument that that same authority is not ours today. And, um, and of course, you know, when I'm looking into a topic like this, I look at 
all these different perspectives. I think right. it's important that we do right. that, right? Because we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as I was looking at it, um, I started to dig around and look at other scriptures on my own. And what I noticed was that um, really, if you look at the whole Bible, you look at the whole picture, you see that, yes, you know, Jesus stated that he had been given authority, right? He lets us know that. Mm -hmm. But then he gave that authority to the disciples. But then he gave that authority to the 72 because it was actually the 72 who were the ones that came back and said, I'm pretty sure that's the story that you're talking about, uh, that the 72 came back and said, you know, they there's even the demons are subject to us in yeah. your name. Right. Yeah. And from there, we see people like Stephen. Now, Stephen was not one of the disciples. He was the first martyr, and the scriptures are in, where is it? I think it's uh, Acts, five, Acts 7 and 8. It says that Stephen was performing great wonders and signs. And that wording is used to talk about miracles that happen in the Bible. Mm -hmm. People being healed, demons being cast out. That's what that wording is. And Stephen was doing that. Now, he was chosen as one of the seven people who cared for um, the widows. So he was not a disciple. And then we see when Paul comes on the scene, right? First of all, we see Ananias. And this is in Acts 9. Um, we see Ananias lay his hands on Paul. And Paul gets healed from being blind. The scales fall off of his eyes. But then we see Paul go on to do amazing yeah. miracles, signs, and wonders. And so it's evident to me as we read through the New Testament mm -hmm. and the directives that are given to us in the New Testament that that went from Jesus to the 12, to the 72, and to everybody else who would call themselves a follower of Christ. Why? Because that's how we become children of God, right? Right. And as children of God, we're given that same authority that Jesus had. And Jesus himself said, greater works than these. He said, you mm -hmm. see, right, what I'm doing. I'm doing all these great things. Greater works than these will you do. Uh -huh. Well, what was he talking about, right? He was talking about things like healing and casting out demons. So what does that mean? We have authority. We have authority over demonic spirits. Tilly's excited to say something. I to really it. am so <laughs> excited because that's the scripture that backs that exact thing up. It's Mark 16, 16 through 20. He who has believed in me and has been baptized will be saved from the penalty of God's wrath and judgment. But he who has not believed will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will, be, will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will get well. So then, when the Lord Jesus has spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord was working with them and confirming the word by the signs that followed. Yep, it's <clears throat> scripture. Right, <laughs> right. And so obviously we can't do those things if we don't have right. authority. The other scripture that I had noted was Matthew 16, 19, but it's almost word for word repeated in Matthew 18, 18. I will give you the keys, the authority of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose, 
permit or declare lawful on earth will already have been loosened in heaven. That was Jesus talking. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about the word authority specifically, Mm -hmm. because we're talking about having authority as believers in Christ, but maybe somebody's sitting there going, okay, so I have authority. What the heck does that mean? Right? What does that do for me? Although we have talked about the signs and wonders that, Mm -hmm. you know, happen through the hands of believers with that authority, but the word authority itself. So going back to Luke 10, 19, uh, Jesus said, in this scripture specifically to the disciples, but obviously I believe that that passes on to us as well. Um, He says, I have given you authority, dot, 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 over all power of the enemy, right? Authority is the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience, Mm -hmm. or it is the power to influence others, especially because of one's commanding manner or one's recognized knowledge about something. So in other words, we have authority when we understand that we have authority, right? So just because we believe that Jesus is the son of God doesn't mean that we, like we walk down the street and demons flee, right? It's our understanding of that authority. It's when we stand in confidence and recognize knowledge about that authority. Yeah. You have to know and you have to believe that you have that authority. Yeah, you have to act on your authority. Mm-hmm. You have to yeah. speak it for it to happen. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Like having that kind of authority, what does that mean in our, like in a practical sense, mm-hmm. in our everyday life? What does that look like um, for a Christian to live in the authority that we have as Christ followers? Speaking the word of God over our lives. Get behind me, Satan. Yeah. Um, when you feel that heaviness or those thoughts that are coming that are clearly not of God, um, speaking it out loud because that's where the power comes from. You know, we can say it as much as we want in our heads, but if we don't speak it out loud, there's there's no power in that. I had mentioned before, um, I think in our Dancing with Demons episode, that I had a, a song stuck in my head and how I kept having to be like, no, you must flee in the name mm-hmm. of Jesus. You don't have authority here. You don't belong here. Yeah. This is this mind, this heart, this body is God's and you can't be here. Mm-hmm. And just repeatedly saying that because, you know, they the enemy does try to continually attack. He will come back again and again because he knows that Christ followers have that authority mm-hmm. and he wants to scare them out of it. So he'll keep coming back. And I had to keep going, no get away. I already told you to go away. Like you need to go away, you know? And the same thing for, I've been having a really difficult time falling asleep lately and staying asleep and just sleeping in general has been really difficult. And the other night I just got to a point where I was like, okay, I I can't take it anymore. And so got up out of bed and I just went and read my Bible. And I was like, I know that this is what's going to put me to sleep because all of these thoughts are they're not godly thoughts. These are anxieties and worries that are keeping me awake. And when I go to the word and I use that word to push these thoughts out of my head, that's the authority, right? The word is the authority and it takes place over the anxiety and the worries. Mm -hmm. Well, over the last few years, I feel like there has been a real like spirit of fear Mm -hmm. that's been released over the world over the last few years. And it is attacking people Mm -hmm. in so many different ways. Um, And 
it comes out in anxiety. And, and I think so many people struggle with being able to sleep, being able to just function normally. And last week I was having a really hard time. Um, and I, I have to remind myself in those moments that I do have authority over that, yeah, that yeah. fear does not own me. Um, I am a child of God. Yeah. And so those are things that I will say out of my mouth. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. Yeah. I'm a child of the most high God and I do not have to be controlled by fear. Yeah. And so, and it really, that's what Jesus did. I know we've talked about this before when he was being tempted, right? And the enemy was coming against him with temptation. Um, he would respond with scripture. He would respond with the word. And then ultimately at the end of that interaction, he said, go away, yeah, go right. away, Satan." Right. And we, I think we get to the point where, where we're just done and we're like, all right, that's, I'm done with you. Go away now. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're done here. Um, but I think it's also important to note, and I know we talked about this last night in our um, Bible study that we're doing right now, that we have to act mm -hmm. as well, right? So I can be struggling with anxiety and I can say things out of my mouth, but what am I going to do in that moment? Am I going to allow myself to be frozen in fear and not make a decision or not make a choice because of that fear, or am I going to take a step of faith toward the thing that I believe that God is calling me to do? Right. You know, it, I think it, our actions and our words need to work together mm -hmm. in order to overcome um, the enemy and to really show the enemy that we do know the authority that we have yeah. in Christ. Yeah. James 4, 7 was the other scripture that I had noted. So submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Yeah. And, you know, standing firm looks like that action. It looks like speaking out, but also, you know, doing the thing afraid. Even yeah. when you feel the fear, you recognize it because feelings are real mm -hmm. and we, we shouldn't just ignore them, but we also shouldn't wallow in them. We, sh we shouldn't camp there, you know, recognize them. And then say, this is not where I have to stay, you know, and replace those feelings or thoughts um, with the word of God and, and move forward. Yeah. I think Ephesians 6 is, uh, open up my Bible to there, is an important mm -hmm. thing to read. I remember when I was a new Christian and I would, um, this is going to sound so ridiculous, but I would pray, like praying to put on the armor of God. And it never dawned on me that this was like an actual, it's more than just a figurative piece of armor that we put on. It wasn't until later, you know, as, as I grew a little in my faith that I began to understand that. So if we start in um, Ephesians 6, 10, it says, finally be strengthened by the Lord and his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. So we have authority but there's also things that we have to do to function in that authority, right? So it says, for our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything to take your stand, stand therefore with truth like a belt 
around your waist. What is truth? It's the word of God. That's the truth that we wear around our waist. Uh, with righteousness, like armor on your chest, we can't live any old way and think that we're able to um, command the powers of darkness, right? It requires that we live in righteousness. And I'm not saying that those of us who follow Christ are totally righteous. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's through him. And then we choose to live um, according to the word of God. Do we mess up? Absolutely. Do we still have sin that has to be removed from our life? Yes, we do. Um, but we understand that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we make choices that um, move us closer to holiness, right? And then it says, your feet sandaled with the readiness for the gospel of peace. Mm -hmm. In every situation, take the shield of faith. And with it, you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So right here, it's telling us that this is our weapon and the authority that we have over the enemy. We stand in that authority and speak the weapon out of our mouth. I think a lot of times we interact with people around us in a way that we think they are the enemy. But if we look at why we have authority, um, it says, all, all Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And he used that authority and directed us to do what? In verse 19, to go and make disciples. Mm -hmm. So the reason, the reason we have authority over the enemy is not just for the sake of having authority over the enemy. It's for the sake of being able to live in this life as followers of Christ so that we can make disciples, right? So that we can go out and win the lost. We've been given authority to be called a child of God and given authority so that we can approach the throne of God. These are the things that we've been given authority for, to make disciples, to be called a child of God, and to approach the throne of God. What that means is that we go to God directly for ourselves. Yeah. I just threw out all kind of stuff there. I was just like, here, here it is. Figure it out. So I think two things. Um, back in Ephesians 6, the... Um, the armor of God, there's another piece to that. And the ending of that scripture is um, that prayer. Yeah. That is actually talked about more than any other piece of the armor in that section of scripture. Yeah. And so, um, which doesn't seem like a lot because each each piece has like one sentence, you know. But prayer is actually talked about, I think, three different times in the last section of that. And yeah. so, you know communication with God and how we do that and what that looks like in our lives um, should have heavy emphasis um, on, on that, in my opinion. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, and the other thing is when we're talking about living righteously, you know, that, you know, we're not going to get everything right, but we have the power and, and the authority because of Jesus and who Jesus is that we can choose, you know, and it is a choice. It's a choice of putting into our faith into action. And in Romans 8, 9, and then 14 through 17, um, Romans 8, 9, however, you are not living in the flesh controlled by the sinful nature, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God lives in you, directing and guiding you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him and is not a child of God. And um, 
verses 14 through 17. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading again to fear of God's judgment, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit producing sonship, by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit, assuring us that we are believers, we believers are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his spiritual blessings and inheritance, if indeed we share his suffering, so that we may also share in his glory. So the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us, and uh-huh. that's how we find victory. That's how, you know, walking in that truth yeah. brings victory. Yeah. But it's a choice. It is. And it's amazing to me that I let myself get to a place like, you know, how I was saying last week, I was struggling with um, battling anxiety. It's fear. Like you said, Amelia, you know, it's, it's all the thoughts, the worrying, the Mm -hmm. things like if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead (laughs) literally lives on the inside of me, why would I ever allow fear to get a hold of me? Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking about this, um, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I guess, um, around the time that we were in Tennessee and, and everything started um, happening over in Israel when Israel first was getting attacked. Just the whole idea of I was going to be away from home, I was going to be in another state. And, you know, my kids were going to be here. Well, my two of my kids were going to be here. One was with me. But anyway, um, the whole idea of what would happen, what would happen if, you know, I... I was in the wrong place at the wrong time in, in another state and I died, you know, like what, just the whole thing, you know, how it goes, all the things you think, if you're a mom, you know, you have all these crazy thoughts that go on with <laughs> regarding your kids. But I had this thought that, you know what, in a moment's time, in the blink of an eye, I would be in eternity Yeah. in the blink of an eye and none of it would matter. And it's the same for my kids, yeah. right? If my children just happened to be somewhere where there was an attack, God forbid, it really is okay because in the blink of an eye, my children are going to be in eternity with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I know that I will go from this life to the next life. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing for me to fear in that. Yeah. The The greatest fear for most people is death. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And death has no authority over us. Yeah. It is what Jesus overcame when he died on the cross. And so I I think about that and go, how could I be afraid of a single thing? There is absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. that should ever cause me to fear. And it's in that kind of confidence and that kind of authority that I should be able to step out in faith and share Christ with the world around me. Yeah. You know, I should be able to speak the name of Jesus to anyone and not be afraid ever. Yeah. I want to go back to what Tilly was talking about, um, how the the prayer is like the main part, right? Mm-hmm. The emphasis and how it's a communication with God. Because oftentimes, more frequently now, people refer to Christianity as a relationship with Jesus or with God, right? And why that's so important is because it is, it, it is a relationship with God. It's it's this thing because without that relationship with Jesus, we don't get God. Right. Jesus right. is the one who gives us the access to God. Right. When we're in prayer, in communication, just like with your friends, you're not going to be close friends with them if you're not in communication right. with them, right? You don't get to know each other. 
you don't know about each other's lives, you know, it, it's, you don't know what's going on um, and what they've been through. And so that communication and prayer with Jesus is what gives us the authority because when we go to Jesus and we say, Jesus, help me here, help me, that's asking a favor in his, in Jesus's authority to God, right? Mm -hmm. We don't, we can't ask strangers for favors, yeah. right? We can't go up to someone on the street and be like, hey, do you like co-sign alone with me or what? <laughs> like, that doesn't, it doesn't work like that. We have to be in relationship with these people to, um, to ask them for favors. And the same goes for with Jesus. We get, we get that authority because Jesus is vouching for us, right? Because he knows us and he loves us. And he says, hey, these are your children too. It's not just me. I know I'm the favorite, but uh, I'll do too. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I just wanted to bring that up because it was just that stark, you know, yeah. it's the prayer that we get authority for, you know, it's the communication because we're in relationship with Jesus. And it's going off of that. It is, it's a two way conversation. Yeah. You know, it's, it's praying and taking your concerns and your cares yeah. and the things of life to Jesus, but also listening yeah because you can't have a real intimate relationship yeah. of any kind without having a two-way you're not going to have a best friend and then you're the one doing all the talking or all the requesting right. like they're yeah. not going to be friends with you yeah yeah <laughs> exactly i just i can't tell you this was so evident this week to me just because of like the different worries and struggles and things that we've been going through right there was um, like relationship strain as well because of these things. And I realized in prayer, because God was like, hey, hello, hi, I'm not doing it. He's like, calm down a little bit. Right, right. <laughs> um, it was only in prayer that I saw this and was like, okay, now I have peace because I understand what's going on. It was that the enemy was fearing what was to come for my family. Mm -hmm. he, he knows that what's happening in our lives right now is pushing us to a place that we're going to do kingdom work and yeah. our kingdom building. And he's scared of that. Yeah. And I didn't see that all these things. I'm just thinking, Oh, like we've been trying so hard for this thing and it's not what God wants for us and all this stuff. And I, when I sat down and actually talked to God about it and prayed, he was like, Hey, I'm taking care of it, which is evident now. He very much <laughs> took care of it, but it's like, you just got to calm down. Like you're scaring the enemy because my will is greater my plan that i have laid out here is greater like this is the enemy's scared of what's coming and he's trying to ruin it before it gets there so you just gotta calm down and i was like okay sorry i'm gonna go with them now um <laughs> so good when your children are preaching exactly what you need to hear you're like wow look at my yeah preaching at me yeah it was like man it was just so good it was like like i was saying i had such a hard time i just need to go and read the bible that's when, like, I finally just shut my brain off and was just talking to God. And he was like, hey, I got it. I was like, yeah, all right, so thank I, you. I have a really funny um, realization that happened last week. Um, for months, probably like two or three months now, I have, it was actually before fasting that we did it in mm -hmm. August. Um, I will wake up in the middle of the night around two or three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I get up and I go to the bathroom and I grab a snack. And because I'm like, I'm hungry in the middle of the night. Why? I have no idea. And, but I just felt like I was hungry. Mm -hmm. And so I grabbed something and I would either eat it on the way back to bed or I'd eat it before I got in there. And then, um, literally there are times where I don't even remember 
eating because I'm in the middle of the night. It became such a habit. Yeah. And then last week, um, in the middle of the night, I was praying and I spent, I just had this realization of like, in the middle of the night, my house is quiet. My kids are teenagers and they're all over the place and they go to bed later than me. And so um, I realized that God had been waking me up at that specific mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And I was hungry, but not physically. It was a spiritual hunger. And I was wow. like, wow, you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <no. laughs> Get it together. This is so not. Yeah, you don't need to physically eat anything right now. That is not why you're hungry. Yeah. You need time with God. Yeah. And so I've adjusted myself now. So we're not eating snacks <laughs> in the middle of the night anymore. Right. And that's really what fasting it, yeah, it, I literally, yeah fasted, literally what fasting is. I did that. Like I, through our entire 21 days, I did not snack in the middle of the night. And then I went right back to it after fasting was over. I'm like, okay. Took me a little long to get there. <laughs> but I got there. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I love, you know, and talking about the relationship, you know. Um, how cool is it that God is our father? Yeah. That we can go to him just like you would your earthly father. And I know not everybody has a father that that you can go to. Um, But, you know, what a father is supposed to be. That we can go to God and Mm -hmm. say, you know, I I need this. Um, I mean, that that is authority. Like, Like I said, the authority that we've been given is to go and make disciples. To be called a child of God. And to approach the throne of God, mm-hmm. right? As a child of God, we approach the throne. It reminds me of that um, video, video mm-hmm. from Alpha. Our, at our church on Wednesday nights, we're doing Alpha. Shout out to Leah. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, such Leah. a dork. Okay. <laughs> Hope you watch this, Leah. Anyway, um, so we've been doing Alpha. And, and I've never done Alpha before. I've known a lot of people who have gone to churches, and I never did it. But it is really good. And this video tells the story about um, a a soldier. This was back, you know, Abraham Lincoln was the president. And this soldier um, was the only surviving male in his family. And he needed to go home so that he could work the farm, right? It was just his mom and sister at home. And he tried to get into the White House to talk to the president. And he couldn't get in. So he goes to this park. He's sitting on a park bench. And he's just sad, right? And this little boy comes up. And this little boy is like, you know, basically, hey, what's your problem? And he tells the little boy, and the little boy says, come with me. The little boy takes him in the back door of the White House into a conference room where the president is and says to him, dad, this guy needs to talk to you. Like, that that is the access. Yes. And you know what's so funny? After we saw that video, because they played on Sunday, too, um, the next day I went home, and I'm reading Revelation right now, and in Revelation, it talks about how um, there's a, a scroll with seven seals in the right hand of God. And um, I forget the verbiage that's used in the word, but basically Jesus comes up and approaches God and takes the scroll from God's hand and opens it for us. And that's how we get access into heaven. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, just the imagery to see that and then to now understand the scripture because of that is so profound it's like like man it just really lit a fire in me like 
I can't believe that Jesus is really out here vouching for me. Like, that's right. crazy. Right. <laughs> that's access. so crazy. Yes. Because, because the so Bible crazy. calls us joint heirs right? yes. with Christ. Right. right. So in that story, it would be as if that little boy took us in there and Abraham Lincoln, or took that man in there and yeah. Abraham Lincoln adopted him. Yeah. Right. And like, sure, you're mine now. Right. Like, that's literally what Jesus yes. did. Yeah. We have been adopted and that is what allows us to call God our father. And that gives us mm -hmm. the same authority, y'all, the same authority that Jesus Christ has yeah. access to the father authority over the enemy in our life. It's mind blowing mm -hmm. when you really think about it. And sometimes I just, I'm like, Libby, why are you living like you don't have that? Right. Why, yeah. like, why are we living like we don't have that authority? Do we want to? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, what? why would I choose to live that way? I get to choose. Mm -hmm. You get to choose. Yeah. And yet I feel like we often don't choose yeah. to live like we have that authority. Yeah. Like we are really co-heirs with Christ. And so it, well, it takes life getting us to a point of like, okay, now I'm fed up. Like you were talking about earlier. You know, before we step into that, um, we really need to practice Doing that before we get to that place. Yeah. And how do we do that? It's by reading the word of God, putting it down on the inside of us. Because the word is where we learn the character of God. Yeah. Right? And so I feel like once we know the character of God, once we really get to know God in the word, it is easier for us to believe that he would give us that. Yeah. Talking about God as our father. Um, it took me a long time to get there. Mm -hmm. And now... When I am struggling, which again I need to like you know do that before I get to the point of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I have this visual image of you know sitting in front of God, like can I just climb in your lap? And mm -hmm. I visually do that in my head, where I am this little girl who just climbs in her dad's lap and just find comfort there. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder what people who are not visual. Yeah. Think about things like this because I think all three of us are very yes. visual people and uh, I know for me you know as a visual person uh, sometimes in my prayer time I will sit down on my couch it's early in the morning it's dark nobody's up yet just me and the dogs and I'll sit down and I'll close my eyes and and I just see Jesus sitting next to me on the couch right sometimes I'll put my hand there like we're holding hands I know it sounds so weird y'all but it it is a uh, a drawing closer yeah. to him yeah. and um it's just so good it 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 has changed my relationship with god my relationship with jesus because i'm more able to really believe that he's present with me in those times of praying but i do think you know people who are not visual at all must be like what is the world right <laughs> these people are weird yeah yes we are but yeah. you know I like it that way. Yeah. Peculiar yeah. people. Reading Revelation, being a visual person has been like, oh my God. What's going on? <laughs> like, wait. I yeah, spent a really lot of time um, going over the throne room mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning of Revelation. And yeah, that was like so nuts. The, they call them four living creatures. Uh huh. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, whoa. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> And it's hilarious to me that the way that we 
portray angels is yeah. little naked babies. Yeah. Uh, that's not what they look like, y'all. They're like, you know, covered in eyeballs yeah. and all kinds the of wings. wings. And, and wheels, the horns and wheels. Like, oh yeah. Gosh, I think I want to be away from you. Like, <laughs> right. This is scary. Yeah. Can you imagine what Isaiah would have, like, been in that vision yeah. where he, the um, seraphim came and touched his lips yes. with the coals? Oh. I. Like, I would poop actually. (laughs) And then I think about how, um, like, growing up, the prayer that you would pray over us before bed was that, like, the angels would come and surround our house and keep us safe while we were sleeping. And I think, like, if visually, like, we could actually see the angels over our house, how horrifying that would be. (laughs) People walking by, they'd be like, what is going on in there? Wow. Yeah. That, but it's good because it's scaring off the other things. I literally was just thinking, like, yeah. imagine in the spiritual realm yeah. what Satan thinks. Right. Like, when you've yeah. got a whole legion of armies uh, of God's angels yeah. protecting their home, and Satan's like, that house is mine. Right. Mm-hmm. Crap. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Y'all better start crying over your house. <laughs> okay, come here. You think, you think you're scaring somebody with your 12-foot uh, tall skeleton? <laughs> No. Yeah, no idea. No. <laughs> right. uh, Philippians 2.10 says, The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to his name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. Mm. I like that translation. Um, yeah. What is that? It's the Passion Translation. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, is it? Dang good. Yeah. I'm going to have to read it. I don't think I've ever read that one. Well, it's not fully done. Um, they only have, like, a few books, but, man, it's just so good. And also, like, pleading the blood. <coughs> because that that's the whole, that's the whole thing. I, so many people don't understand what that is and, and what happens and, and why it's even a thing um, that we refer to. And um, it makes people uncomfortable. It does make people uncomfortable. Yeah. That's true. And so, yeah, yeah. When you say I plead the blood of Jesus, and, and I say it all the time when I pray for I people. I grew up without being afraid of me. Right, it, it, yeah. it's pretty normal for my kids, but I know a lot of people don't. Um, I was really shocked by the reaction that I received when I was praying and pleading the blood of Jesus, and and it's by His blood that we have access. Yeah, yeah. That, like, that's a whole thing. Well, Father, thank you. Thank you for the time that we've had to just come together and chat um, about your word and about um, who you are, who we are in you, and the promises that the word of God um, lays out for us. I thank you, God, that your word is everything we need for life, to live this life. Everything we need is right in here. God, I pray that... Um, you know, as your children go into the rest of their week, the rest of their month, that they would think about the authority that they have as believers in Christ Jesus and that they would desire to learn more about it for themselves, not just to take our word for it, but to dig into your word for themselves. I pray, Father God, that the Holy Spirit would begin to draw people um, in into the word, into your presence, into times of communication with the Father. I pray, Father God, for every person who 
watches this or listens to it, that it would speak to their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.